I was going to say, is, is any of the content that we've done so far useful, or is this all <laughs> I don't know anymore. I mean, it's just like... <laughs> You guys are super active on on LinkedIn and, and Twitter, and I don't know, are you on any other social platforms that are like worth note for the InfoSec community? Yeah, I mean, the rest of them are kind of hit or miss, right? Like you can hang out on Reddit and you can do other stuff, but I mean, LinkedIn, at least today, seems to be kind of the landing zone, right, for most things. Yeah. Yeah, Ger uh, Gerald does something with uh, was that Simply Cyber. Uh, he's a big advocate of using and doing stuff on Reddit. And I, you know, obviously I've known about it and used it, but like, for some reason, I completely missed on going into that for content and like actually engaging with stuff. There seems to be an entirely different dynamic going on in there. But I think, it's, it's, I, yeah. yeah, it's sort of like Quora, but like dark. Yes. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't know how else it. It's like the dark net of Quora. Yeah. The, <laughs> just only touch it with Tor. Um, good. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, Dom, are you on anything that's, uh, any, anywhere else that well, you find in value? Well, I mean, it, I guess it sort of depends on what, what type of value you're, you're trying to, to get for, for, for me and for us, we're trying to reach potential customers, you know, and you know, LinkedIn has been the, the, the best source for that. You know, we've tried different platforms. Even Reddit, Reddit is great for information and collaboration mm -hmm, and right. with what, what we'll refer to as our, our peers, but for finding customers, uh, yeah, I, I struck out there. You know, yeah. I, I wouldn't say our cu our customers hang out on Reddit. Um, so I mean, it, it really depends on in terms of where we're trying to get value. Uh, an area where we're seeing tr trying to get more traction is with YouTube. Yeah. YouTube we're seeing as well as not just being a repository for the videos we're posting on LinkedIn, but more and more of our potential customers are going to YouTube and searching for certain keywords uh, about you know cybersecurity or risk management or what have you and are looking it's almost becoming a, a google search of sorts but then from a, from a video perspective so youtube's an area we're trying to hang out more as well oh yeah okay well that makes that that, that could definitely make sense people seem to kind of want to go for like diy on like everything now before they like even mm -hmm. like reach out they like want to like yeah. i feel like it's because they want to be better empowered for the discussion that they're going to have they want to at least come to the table with something and ask maybe the the, the better questions i mean like I, I built this whole this whole studio based on a do-it-yourself, you know, mm -hmm. thing. And it was like, because at first I was like, oh, let me go see what a light board is. Wow, 10 grand. No, I don't I don't think so. <laughs> uh, like, how could I do this myself? And then, like, learning about it was like, oh, this is really neat. Like, this is, and then just, then you start learning about all the other ways that people teach and things like that. It was kind of like a, yeah. a stepping stone. For cyber, I could see that. I, I haven't actually seen a lot of people come to the table and been like, hey, I saw this on YouTube or I read about this. Can we talk about this more? It's usually still just like, hey, what the hell do I do? Like, you know. Uh, well, I think Dom's point is we start putting more content. Oh, we lost Dutch. Oh, no. It's because I know like, a lot of my like my own people like put, you know, they'll but they'll just go listen to something at like one and a half or 1.75 speed, right? Just to get an understanding of it quickly. Mm -hmm. and, and in this current environment, like I do that when I'm biking, you know, whatever. I mean, you can do that. Um, you know, and, and at least get a grasp of whatever the topic is, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, to, to add to that as well, and, and, and Brian, I think you and I were, were, were chatting about this as, as well um, earlier, was that what we're seeing as well is, is this that general concept of, from a DIY perspective, especially with a lot of smaller organizations in which 
they may not feel the need to go out and procure an expert right. uh, immediately out of the gate. They, what we're seeing is this broader trend of where they'll try to engage with some level of content first, learn from that, and then try and, uh, uh, to apply it. You know, I'm, I'm using this analogy that I'm seeing more and more frequently in which it's sort of like people when they get, uh, they have a need for a new dishwasher. So there's a, there's a group of people who will immediately go right to, to the expert and mm -hmm. have them in, install it. But, and there's another group which will watch that video on YouTube and right. will attempt it and will either be successful or, <laughs> or they'll f completely flood their kitchen, right. you know? <laughs> I've done that. You, you flooded your, you flooded your kitchen, just, right? So We literally just went through that with our dishwasher. <laughs> we don't want camp here firmly in there, Brian. Yes, but, uh, I, have, uh, you know. <laughs> I will try but it, it, mess it, it up, and then scream for help. That's that's me. Yeah. But but it, it's an interesting trend which we're seeing, um, especially now even during COVID, when 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 budgets are truly stretched so thin, yeah. people are wanting to try it first. And I think there's there's a there's an opportunity there for greater content generation because uh, there's still a, you know relatively speaking very little. Um, content for non-technical people or non-cybersecurity yeah. people mm -hmm. uh, or in the business to say, okay, how do I start out building a cybersecurity program? You know, right. just using that as a high-level example. So uh, I, I do see that as a trend moving forward. There's there's a lot of content on, and I'm glad we're talking about content. Like you guys both put out quite a bit. You're both very active on social. Um, I'm just playing catch up. So like this is this is great for me. Like. For folks who are out there who probably are looking, I guess maybe the one question I have that, that's probably relevant to this is like, I get people who are like, hey, how do I start doing this? How do I start building my brand? You know, everyone's always concerned about building their brand. I think more people yeah. are more concerned about how to build their brand than they actually focus on actually building their brand, which is I, just like, just I subscribe to the Gary V model, right? Which is just go do it. If you're passionate about something and you like it and you feel it's going to be worthwhile and you're going to give back something to the world, just go do it. And if you got haters, fine but just get out yeah. there and talk about it if you like it somebody somebody else will like it somebody else will find it interesting like what do you guys think about that like kind of approach or is it like all like no we got to curate it it's got to be scripted wow. and high production value you know it, it, it's the genuineness right everybody can you, you're you're we all have kids right you, when you're when you're four or five years old already you can you can sense that right so just be genuine about whatever it is you are right and like i think people over rotate about the word brand there's sometimes like an association with that you know mm -hmm. and, and i tell people if they're struggling i'm like it's just your reputation like right. you know that, that's that's all brand means right and so you've always had one we just now kind of put a construct around it because of social media but you always had one right, right. it just used to be what we said when Dom would leave the room, you know, and now we now we can say it right here on camera to Dom. But no, all kidding aside, no, I think just get out there and do it, right? Everybody I've ever, including myself, right? You you do your first few whatever videos and you're like, you look at those and you're like, oh my gosh, those are terrible. Right. But whatever. I mean, everybody just realizes that you just have to get out there and start and start doing it. And I think Dom, in your interview with Brian earlier, I, I thought it was an interesting <laughs> comment about that you thought you were an introvert, right? And I've had I've had a couple of different people tell me the same thing, that weirdly, <clears throat> um, social media platforms in this sense, it's sort of a democratization, Brian, where because you can you you it's not the same level of we got to put Dom on stage and there's three thousand people in the audience on day one. He's like, I've never done this. This is terrible, right? Right. So the reality is like nobody's only an introvert or only an extrovert, right? The, the yeah. person. That theory would say you all everybody slides back and forth mm -hmm. situation 
differently over your lifetime, whatever, right? And so, Dom, to, to your comment, I thought that was very enlightening. I've, I've had two or three people say, hey, it allows me a different voice. Like, I feel yeah. like on the blank on Twitter, on LinkedIn, or whatever platform they're comfortable with, they feel like they can speak up. And that's a really interesting point because people get fixated on, I shouldn't say anything until I'm an expert. And that's a really dangerous word. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, I mean, you have a point of view. You know, you can, and if you can sell us what it's based on, then we can, we can appreciate that, it, even if we disagree. Um, and so I think in that sense, it's really valuable because it allows you to put out whoever you are. Yeah. I, I liked when, uh, when Dom said that because, like, I, so personal story for me, like, growing up, like, I, I still am, but a computer geek, like, you know, like, I went outside and, like, did a ton of stuff, like, you know, being outdoors in the woods and, like, Boy Scouts and, like, that whole thing. But, like, deep down, like, I was, like, in front of a computer, like I was an introvert. Like it wasn't until like I actually was in a position in my life where like I needed money because I couldn't get another job that I had to start bartending. And in Colorado, you only had to be 18 to serve alcohol. And how do you yeah, how do you make how do you make money bartending? You gotta be outgoing. Otherwise you're not making tips. So like that was when and I was like, you know, 1920, that was when I became or learned about becoming an extrovert and started figuring out that scale. Because up until then, I was like, oh, I'm just, I didn't know, you know, who knows what the hell they're doing by the time they're 18. But like, I was that introverted kid. So like, I always love hearing the story of people like you said, Dom. And then I just had accidental CISO on. Um, and yeah. he was the same way. He was like, I think, Dom, you even commented. It was like, or Dutch, you did. It was like, Twitter gave him the ability to be himself. Right. I was like, that's awesome. Like, you know, power of the internet and, and anything else. But uh, I, I just, I love hearing about stuff like that when people kind of realize like, I do have something to say. And if I can find a venue and a medium to be able to say it and I'm comfortable, I'll do it. Like that's the, that's the goal or not the goal, but that's the, that's kind of the magic, right? I think the two, the bit that I'll add to that as well as that when we're talking about brand in which, you know, we're, we're past the point of having to have that perfect image. You know, people, uh, uh, so many people have been brought up to think, okay, well, if I don't have the right hair or the right looks, I mean, uh, frick, I'm, I'm the testament to, to the opposite of that. I haven't showered in two days. And I haven't combed my hair in over a week. So, you know, like, I, I really don't care about my personal appearance if it's not obvious, but, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's what, what people get fixated on is that perception of being perfect. And if they're not, you know, what they feel is, you know, perfect, then they shouldn't go out and, and voice themselves. And, what I always tell people is that right now we're in this state of, um, I'll, I'll refer to this almost like hyper authenticity and mm. vulnerability. Mm. At the end of the day, you know, that whole concept of business to business, uh, and again, this is through my, my, my purview in terms of how we engage with, with our clients, we don't sell our services to other businesses. You know, we are selling ourselves to other humans. Right. At the end of the day, how you make a connection is by being human, not by saying, oh, look how perfect my hair is or, I'll, you know, I can bench press 500 pounds, what have you, you know, it, it's, uh, it's all about being authentic and being yourself. And especially in this day and age, where we're all you know, physically separated from one another, mm -hmm. when you can really draw on that human connection, man, that, that unlocks some incredible magic, but you can only do that by being yourself, not a false version of yourself. Right. I'm glad you brought that up, Don, because your, your wife actually called Dutch and I, and this is actually, <laughs> this is actually an intervention. Cry um, for help. We, she, she, she reached out and was like, if you can get him to just comb his hair. <laughs> just, just, just once every other day. <laughs> <He's waiting. laughs> 
Uh, so I heard a knock on my door. <laughs> uh, no, that's, I, I mean, I, I did that. I mean, honestly, like there was like a stretch drink and I've been working from home with side channel for over a year now anyway, but it was weird. Like I, I was really regimented about like getting up, making it my day, but then COVID happened and I kind of like slipped in like with everybody else and was like, well, shit, nobody else is going to do it. I mean, I'll still wear pajamas, you know, now it's just a game. It's like, how many zoom calls can I do wearing pajama bottoms? Like, yeah, like I have one of my peers who literally has like the polo shirt that hangs over here and he puts it on <laughs> if he feels like he needs to for a particular meeting. Well, why don't we all have one of those? I didn't realize. I feel like bringing I need a... Yeah, I feel like I need. That's your spirit animal, right? I got, I, got, <laughs> I got so bored in, in doing video meetings because at first people would just say, oh, why aren't you on video? Why aren't you on video? I was like, well, you don't need to see me. Right. And I, and I no, we want to see you. I was like, okay, if you want to see me, sure. Why not? So I brought my inflatable pig along. Why not? There you go. Nice. <laughs> That's cool. It's funny. I actually have a, I have like, I collect pigs too. You know, some people like collect Americana. Um, I have, you know, it's really good. Look it up. It's called Kohler Schwein. It's a, it's a painting of this pig and he's, all, all you see him is like, you know, like hooves back, legs back, and he's like over a pond. And all you can figure out and like see in the painting is like realize that he did this running start off this dock to jump into a pond. You can kind of see like the, you know, the, the scenery is like it's a hot day. But like, I don't know. That was my wedding gift from my wife. I'm pretty sure there's some meaning to that somewhere deep down, but I just don't know what it is yet. Anyway. She's, she's waiting for you to figure it out still. Yeah. 14, 15 years. Yeah. One day, I'll get there. If you're watching, honey, and I actually make this into the uh, into the edit, I'm doing this for you. Dom, what is the cyber swine's name? <laughs> cyber swine. Cyber swine. I like that. Just run with that if he doesn't have a name. If, if, I was gonna say spider pig, but cy cyber swine is so much so much better. Uh, funny you know, story. Funny story was that my uh, my two year old we were we were shopping for um, just for some some plants for the backyard and for whatever reason they had an inflatable pig and my son is someone who's uh, when he goes out he always needs to find something that he wants to get and we found that I was like okay I wasn't expecting to see an inflatable pig here at the plant store but sure why not so but then my son got bored of him so now he sits in my office nice just call him like bacon or. Barbecue. Lunch. <laughs> Lunch. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought you said Dutch. Yeah. <laughs> oh. 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 oh, that's rough. All right, let's go to the bloopers reel. Um, yeah. I was gonna say, is, is any of the content that we've done so far useful, or is this all blooper reel? <laughs> I don't know anymore. I mean, it's just like <laughs> the content piece is actually quite interesting. Like, there are a lot of people trying to figure that out, and. Yes. There's a, what's really interesting is people who are in marketing, who have been in marketing for a long time, who are now trying to figure this out. And then there's guys like the three of us. I don't know. Raise your hands in this group if you've had a marketing job. Okay, no, neither have I. And we're figuring it out and being quite successful. And it's like you said, Dutch, it's just being authentic, right? And yeah. just authenticity, yeah. you know, like that's it. Like marketing is like, how do we make it seem authentic? I'm not even sure you can be a modern CISO if you don't have your own podcast right now. That's true. That's true. Like yeah. I, I don't even know. So, so there's a plethora of content, um, but but it's an interesting kind of perfect storm because to, to your point, like everybody's home, right? And none of us are traveling. None of us are doing internal the, all the internal meetings, the board meetings, the right. any events, right? That normally pull us away. 
So, you know, you know, in a weird way, people are like, you're seeing people's creativity. Maybe that was not evident before. Right. right? But we sort of, you know, when people ask me about, you know, technology engineers and just in general, right? Whether they're network engineer or security engineer, whatever. And I'm like, well, it's interesting because there's sort of like a lay person might think of them as being this hyper introvert, super, you know, technical. And that's, of course, that some part of that is is probably true. Mm-hmm. But also, like a lot of them, if they've ever written code, they're they're they see them they're creatives. Right. I know they won't say they don't sort of pitch it that way, but they really are. Sure. They're 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 you know. And so this is just another way for people to kind of bring that out is, is, Hey, we're in this environment where, you know, Dom's trapped in that room, maybe in perpetuity, we, who knows with that lock, but so you might as well get, get your message out there, whatever that, whatever that is. Developers definitely are creative. And I think people probably overlook yeah. that in engineering as somebody who's not creative, but you're right. Like their creativity is just an outlet of problem solving, right? An artist yes. is a blank canvas. Yeah. Their problem solving is let me make this let me take what's in my head and put this onto the canvas. That's their problem solving. Engineering or developers, it's the same thing. Like, I need to build this functionality and this capability in this application. How do I get there? And there's a thousand different languages you can pick from. There's a thousand different methods and calls that you can make within that code to be able to get there. It's up to that person to be able to figure out what's the way I want to go with it. So yeah, you're right. I mean, that's that's a great observation. I, I'm going to steal that somehow and make that into my resume. <laughs> We get Labor Day, so Americans actually are taking the day off because because of work. Um, do you guys get Monday off? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and not to make it obvious that how ignorant Americans are, but we have Labor Day as well. So. But you spell it with a U. You, you spell it wrong. We spell, we, we, we spell it the proper English way. Yeah. No, no, you Canadians, right? Half the time, you like you're like a, a smorgasbord. You're like, I want some from column A, so I'll do proper British. Sometimes, yep. and then occasionally I'll steal from my southern neighbor, and then a third case, column C is like you just make something up. Yeah, well, that, that's like, that's Quebecois. Like, that's that's all just made up. Totally, and you're like, yeah, you grab your toque, and you're like, you're what? The what? what? Is that a coat? What is that? Oh, it's a hat. Okay, got it. <laughs> Nobody else says that. Thank you. <laughs> I do. I do love Canada though. Dom and I actually talked about this because I'm I'm a fan of Banff and Vancouver in that space, so I can't knock it too much. But I can I can knock Quebec just because you know Quebec. They're they're different. <laughs> it's an entirely different. I mean, they were settled by a different group. They you know they ran their own thing. I mean, have you ever been to Montreal? Holy cow! It's like another universe. Mm-hmm. Quebec is the Texas of Canada. Oh, I love that. I love that. Uh, We're gonna get Alan Alford on here and see if he, what he says about uh, anybody anybody else being the Texas of anything. Texas is the Texas of Texas. That's what, that's what's going on there. Uh, I just talked to him this morning. Actually, he he. I don't know if you guys. Uh, I forget if either one of you guys made the uh, the CISO social hour we did, but um, he really yeah. liked that. He came on. I gotta get. I gotta somehow conjole both of you to to come do that. I mean, I forget how much I paid you to show up on this one. But how much ever I got to figure out to pay you to come to the big group, that would be cool. But he, he actually, on the, on the sense of content, Alan kind of came back and was like, this is filling in the gap of the networking and the happy hour that happens at the end of the conference. And that was kind of like my pitch to like, hey, let's do this. Like, this is a good thing. And that's what it turned out to be. Like, we had, I don't know, 30, 30 something people just on a basic Google meet. Everyone was civil. Everyone asked some questions and we just chatted like we were all just everyone grabbed a drink and just like 
mm-hmm. did that. Um, I don't know what like. Have you guys seen anything that's going on like that, or is there like, you know, like to get that connectivity back with people? Yeah, there's a bunch of different ways, and sometimes it to to, to your kind of earlier comment, it it sometimes it feels forced. Right. So then, it's like, uh, yeah, yeah. But it, it, if it's a group of you know, people who like, and you get kind of the right tone, then you you can you can do that. And I, I agree. We talked about this a lot. Like we're missing out on kind of what those uh, social scientists would call the weak connections in your network, right? Mm-hmm. Where like you don't see like Dom and I don't see each other, but normally we do at RSA and Black Hat, right? So we have an ongoing right. And so maybe Dom's in a slightly different part of the field than I am. That that's ideal, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you look at the research, that's where most great ideas come from, yeah. right? Is we with them and dom's like really heavy into it but he knows a little bit about ai a little bit about security but he's mostly a big data guy let's just pretend right so but when we have those kind of hallway use normally it's a hallway conversation right, right. Or outside the meeting room or as you're walking to the brewery those are not happening right now right. And, and so a lot of us i think too are missing that like hey what is going on in these other fields like i can go sit and read yep you know but you don't have those 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 casual conversations which you, you, I think we've all realized in hindsight, like we learned a lot that way. Like that's how we yeah. picked up a lot of new, sure. like what's happening new in XYZ, you know, field. And it just sort of happens naturally yeah. when you're at a week long event, but it's harder. We have to kind of create not even time, but a space, like spaces for that to yeah. happen. There's a ton yeah. learned on the fringe. I mean, like, yeah. that's, that's it. Dom, what, what do you, what are you thinking? What, are you seeing anything that's successful or working out and filling that void? I, I haven't really seen anything that's um, filled that void per se. And, you know, I mean, what, I, what I've seen, though, is that I think there's been a greater push from people who are spending more time on social networks like LinkedIn mm-hmm. and taking those conversations offline. You know, yeah. uh, um, there's been people who, and, and to Dutch's point there, who I generally will only see once or twice a year at a, at a security conference. Uh, but now uh, we've actually chatted more offline on Zoom or Google Meet or what have you, and we've had more frequent touch points because we're at home. We have uh, you know, at least some more time now. Mm-hmm. And uh, with a cu- couple of them, like I said, people who I used to just see once a year, now I talk with them once a month. Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we, we've taken the time to, to, to schedule that, at least at least during this COVID phase. You know, and uh, uh, so it's um, it's. I'm not sure how you how you fix sort of the or replace that that big. Uh, um, sort of that, that big picture piece there, but I'm, I'm seeing it much more at sort of that mini scale where, where people are taking it upon themselves to mm-hmm. make sure that they're still investing in those relationships. It's, it's, it's working out pretty well. Yeah, I, I think something interesting you said is like replacing what we're used to doing. And what I've been seeing as a really interesting disruptor is when a lot of us are figuring out instead of just replacing or trying to mimic exactly the way it was done and making it virtual, mm-hmm. just making just doing it entirely new. Like what's going to yes. work new? What's the new format? What's the new type of whatever? Like taking that approach. Um, I did this with GRC. Like everyone's like, how do we make mm. GRC better? And it's like, I got to the point where I was like, what if we scrapped it and started over and actually made it what we wanted instead of just trying mm. to like, just stop iterating on making, trying to make Archer better. Cause one, you're never going to do it. And two, just stop. I mean, come on. So like starting over is, is somewhat valuable to like get there. I feel right. like I've seen some tech. I was turned on to something. I won't say what it is, but I was turned on to something to beta test that basically kind of like helps you mimic the cocktail hour where like you're like kind of like get into little groups. You can kind of like leave and then like come back in. Um, I think you can do that if you like set the, you know, Zoom, Google Meet, whatever. And I'm just going to like bleep myself out on all these product names when I say this. 
Um, but like using any tools like that, that's the facilitator. I think it's setting the ground rules and the tone and the topic. Right. So like not to pitch like the social hour we were doing, but I thought the success of that was I led with, there's no vendor pitch. I'm not going to tell you about anything. Yeah. We're just going to have CISOs here and we're going to invite anybody who can be professional and respectful to just come in, ask questions, yeah. talk about a couple key topics that I'll just kind of throw up there. And we'll just see how the conversation goes. You know, like when you meet <laughs> over drinks, nobody, like when you meet for drinks after the conference, no one's sitting there with a PowerPoint on a tablet flipping through, like that you've got to <laughs> sit through before you can actually like suck down your first rum and Coke. Like that's not happening. So how did webinars suddenly become like the status quo of like, oh, we got to yeah. sit through this pitch and then we can talk. It's like, ugh, I don't want to do that. Who wants to do that? I, I if you were after we had something, you know, like this and then, we're like, oh, let's whip up a Slack channel or whatever. Right. And it could be, you know, and I'm like, that's you know, that that's that kind of motion, right? We're like, oh, we should, to Dom, to your point, like find a way to consciously, you know, <laughs> there has to be some effort here. <laughs> like you got to find a, a, a channel where it's not too hard and the barrier of entry is not high and you don't have to sit through. I mean, nobody wants to hear Hoagly again, so we don't want to hear no. more videos. No. no, nobody wants but, that. My, my yeah, viewer ratings we, prove that point, by the way. I'm already drinking and it's only midday, but it's the East Coast, so. Can we flip the mic around? What, like, what's going on with you, Brian? Like, what do you, what do you see? Because we all see slightly different, you know, probably day to day, like slightly different interactions. Like, so what's, what's happening with you? You know, not, not like functionally in terms of the work, but like, what do you see? Like, ooh, as I'm looking at, as we race to the finish in 2020, look like at 2021, like what, what do you see is, is interesting stuff? You know, um, so I'm I'm lucky to be in a couple really tight, closed um, Slack channels with some like really senior level people, and the insight I get out of that into like what's happening in some enterprises is just amazing. The amount of stress that CISOs in like the Fortune 500, Fortune 1000 are going through right now are is incredible. Um, mm -hmm. There was a joke early on that like most of them felt like they were being like struck up to be amateur epidemiologists during the beginnings of this, this crisis. And it was because everyone was looking at them going, you know how to deal with risk. You, you know how to deal with disaster and incidents. Like, how do we deal with this incident? And it was just really interesting to see a lot of that unfold and people just kind of like get really stressed. I mean, you want to talk about like, I mean, you know, going through breaches is one thing. Going through a pandemic at a global scale and keeping your corporation yeah. in line, that's, God, that, I don't even know what level that is. Um, you know, I'm not in a position where that's happening for, for me, I'm doing that for smaller clients. So it's minor, but like mm -hmm. at a fortune thousand fortune 500 right now, wow, that's that stress level has just got to be huge. So I, I I've watched that and it's been great, um, to learn from, and I've, you know, tried to be a good shoulder for some of those folks as they're trying to, you know, get through it and along with the rest mm -hmm. of that community. So that's been really interesting to watch. I don't think a lot of people are privy to, and, and kind of know the level of stress and the demand on the CISO and the CIO, and even some glimpses into senior leadership of some of these companies of how are we going to get this company through this? Mm -hmm. How are we gonna take care of our people? How are we gonna ensure that we're gonna be in existence in 2021? You know, that's that's been the thing I've been watching that's been really, really interesting. On the, on the other side of the scale, it's been, and I just started teaching at Boston College on Monday, their master's course. I'm a big proponent of, 
you know, obviously kids getting into and, and folks getting into the field, there's whole other now volume of people who want to badly break into the field and just don't know how. And the barriers are, I think some of the barriers are ridiculous and I, we really got to figure it out. Hiring managers don't want to put in the actual time to make the right job descriptions, do the right interview process to hire the right people. Two, they're kind of offshore, like not offshoring, they're outsourcing it to their HR department or recruiters to just handle it all. And those people aren't armed with what they're looking for correctly. I worked at a recruiting firm. I know that firsthand. You know, I used to get questions from recruiters and be like, I'm looking for a Java developer. Does this resume look right? I'm like, does it say Java on there? Then no. Like, like that's, that's the level we're dealing with. And then the other piece yeah. is some of these folks, you know, some of these folks trying to get in just don't know how to position themselves correctly. You know, there's mm -hmm. so many options that they're like, what kind of thing am I going for? Like, I don't even know how I best say I'm the right fit. So that's those ends of the spectrum. Those are the two things I've been really keen on. That's what I've been seeing. I think we'll be able to solve it. I think humans will always be able to figure out and solve problems. I think these are both solvable problems, but they're definitely something that is taking up a lot of people's time right now, mm -hmm. a lot of people's time. And it's not necessarily beneficial. You know, this is stuff that, yeah, you're forced to go through, right? Look, having to look for a job is something that you can't dodge if you need a job, right? Keeping right. your company afloat is not something you can dodge. But it's, I think it's just the ways about which people are doing it. There's a real struggle going on on both of those spectrum, uh, on both ends of that spectrum. So that's my honest feedback. That's yeah. stuff I'm kind of tied to. Everything else in the middle seems kind of trivial, honestly, you know? <laughs> It seems like I, maybe I'm being cavalier. I don't know, but I feel like those two big pain points seem to be for our community and who yeah. are supporting. Those seem to be very, very big pain points. I don't know. Would you guys agree, I, or what do you guys think? I, 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 I agree with, especially with the. Uh, I want to get, get your thoughts on, on the uh, right there with with the you know, with the you know, quote unquote talent crunch. You know, we keep hearing about that. That term is used ad nauseum. Yeah. You know. It, it literally makes me as sick as when my mother mother-in-law comes over. You know that that term is just uh, just I just, uh, disagree with it so much. But yet we keep seeing about it. We keep reading about it. Right. And the thing I've been trying to figure out is is that is is that because of still hiring managers that are looking for these unicorns, or is it because of HR, or is it both? And to me, it's still it's what I'll refer to. I think this is the point you were getting at. So it's still almost, I would say, a self-inflicted wound, mm -hmm. which I, I still know many uh, cybersecurity, whatever you want to call them, managers, directors, what have you, you know, people who are in a position to hire, and they're not willing to take a chance on new people. They say, oh, I, I don't want to be training someone, you know, uh, and we'll, even for the entry-level roles, you know, they're looking for people with, with five plus years experience, you know, and, uh, you know, they're looking for these, um, these unicorns. Yeah. And uh, I know people who work at these like quite big companies, you know, the, you know, they have already quite sizable teams and their, their job openings, they stay open for months. Yeah. You know, I, I know of, of several where they've, they've been open for like a, a year plus. And when I talk to them, I say, well, why haven't you filled it yet? I'm sure there's people that you could uh, fill it in. It's like, oh, no, we're, there's no shortage of candidates, but we can't find the right person. And I was like, well, that makes no sense. Yeah, you know, that's ridiculous. Like, oh, why, why are you saying there's a talent shortage then? You know, so it's, uh, I still very much feel that it's an self-inflicted wound in which there's way too many hiring managers that, um, lack of a better term, they have their heads way too much, way, uh, yeah, reset yeah. that. 
there are too many hiring managers who are just act like a bunch of idiots. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I agree with all those things. So I, here's what I think the forces are at play, right? Because you got to kind of put this into context. So when the bubble burst in 2000, what happened was you got rid of internship programs, you got rid of training programs, right? right? It used to, in that era, right? I, I'm old, right? So when I started the name, <laughs> right? Like you could go to places that were well known, right? GE, yeah. Lockheed Martin. I happened to go to Era. Like there were big companies who had that would would invest that six weeks or eight weeks, you know, over or, or multiple courses over time. Yeah. And those immediately they went away. Those yeah. were gone. And so there was no way to get into the industry, first of all, right? Mm -hmm. Secondly, there's an over-reliance on certifications. Yes. And really what that does is, we, we've all been hiring managers. I mean, mm -hmm. back in the old days, like I had the A, B, and C pile. And C was like, no way, I'm never even going to look at, like, I can't, I'm not going to get to them. And and then I realized after doing that for whatever, however many months, I'm like, well, that's a terrible approach. Like, that's not going to get me, like, the people, right? And I, and I flipped it around and went, okay, what am I really looking for? I'm looking for competencies, mm -hmm. right? What are your competencies, right? What's your What are your passions? Yep. Do you, are you a self learner? Are you motivated? All those things. None of those are about what you learned in a certification program, or or, or even frankly, in probably in a formal schooling scenario, right? Mm -hmm. So, is that harder to interview for? Absolutely. Do you get better results? I would suggest I would suggest you do. Yeah. So it's a combo, right? That you have to. The I think the stress though on on the hiring managers, Dom, is they don't have the time. They don't have the. They feel like they don't have the the space to go do that because yeah. I think most, certainly most F one thousands, there's not an existent program for that. Right. So then Brian would have to be super motivated and just go do that on his own yeah. to mm -hmm. bring in better talent. But the outcome we all know right now is we lack diversity, we lack equity, we lack inclusion, not only of of all of the areas that just as humans we should do better in, we lack diversity in thought. Yeah, because yeah. just keep hiring. And by the way, I'm not against certs. I don't want to make that be the. It's not because I'm opposed to them. I think they're totally useful right. in a lot of different. Because there's a there's a there's an effort that you've put in, and there's probably a, a domain knowledge that you gained, right? right? So I don't want to play that they're not valuable. However, that may or may not be the right thing for this role. Yeah, everything's yeah. everything's you know it, it, like is it, like we we're talking about. It's a sliding scale of kind of what you. Need. Well, this has been good. Uh, guys, thank you so much for being on. Um, thank you for taking the time away from the family and uh, your uh, day jobs and uh, coming on and talking. So we'll find some more time in the future. Hopefully everyone found this exciting and interesting. If you got any thoughts, comment down below. Hit the subscribe button. Follow us around on hashtag CISO Life anywhere in social media land. And uh, Dom, Dutch, any, any final thoughts for uh, everyone out there? Well, I mean, we got to do this again, Brian. I think it was a lot of fun, a lot of good laughs, a lot of good information. And um, it was nice to be able to tolerate both of you guys for about 45 minutes. So why, why not try it again? <laughs> that sounds good. I uh, I agree. I agree. <laughs> Dutch. I'm in. Oh, that's a great exit. I'm in. <laughs>